when I say welcome back. I don't know if you guys do this. This will really age me, but I always think of welcome back, Cotter. Welcome back. Welcome back. And forever I used to think that was welcome back, Carter. And then as I got older, I read the words and it's Cotter. And it sounds very New York to me. It sounds like they're actually saying Carter, but with a New York accent, Cotter. Anyways, that always runs through my mind. You know, there's those things that always run through my mind. You want to know another weird one? Every time I shave my knees, I know to straighten my leg and kind of like bend my leg as far kind of backwards as I can so that when I run the razor over my knee, I won't cut my knee because when you're young, you, you don't know this trick and you end up cutting your knee because you have your knee bent. And um, that was my girlfriend, Genevieve's sister, Adrian, who told me that technique when I was probably, I don't know, 13 years old. So pretty much every time I shave my legs, I think of Adrian. I, it's never gone away. I, why is it that we have those things that we just never, ever forget about and they stay with us forever? And, you know, maybe I should tell Adrian that I think about her every time I'm in the shower. I don't know. Should I tell her that? That might be weird. But yeah, there are those things. I bet I'm emblazoned in someone's brain in some way. And um, I'll probably never know what it is. Hopefully it's something good. Okay, so before we get into the podcast, let's take care of some business first. <laughs> Who am I kidding? I have like no business. There's I don't even have any business being on here. There's like zero business. I wish I had business to share, but there's none. Okay, so um, let's go to the charts. Guess what? I'm on Chartable so I can track my performance. And, um, you know, I'm a little disappointed. In Jamaica, I've gone from 164 to 163 in the education department. But I did make a little bit of an improvement in Barbados. I've gone from 125 to 126 in the self-improvement department. But again, again, I failed in the education department. I went down from 202 to 201. I don't think I've registered anywhere in the U.S. So, um... <laughs> I can basically say whatever I want at this point. I can swear, you know, doesn't really matter. I don't know who's listening to this. I do know that Richie in the UK is listening to me. Hey, Richie, what's up? He's been following me for a while. He's been a great support of mine for a long time. Um, not HIV positive, just somebody who didn't know about HIV. And he was really um, into my story and he supported me and he's always there watching what I'm up to. And um, I really appreciate it. And he's learned so much about HIV and it's really cool. Hetero guy, married to a woman out there in the UK. So I always see Richie on my stuff. And um, of course, Stephen Hart, my friend also in the UK, who has a YouTube channel, Heart Talks, H-A-R-T Talks. So you can check out Stephen. We've been friends through the internet. We actually met in Amsterdam. We did. We met at AIDS 2018 in person. And I'm sure, hopefully, we will see each other again soon. But um, uh, Stephen is also an HIV positive advocate, and he's out there on YouTube. So hey, Stephen, what is up? And then I have someone, I don't know if they are male or female. They go by the initials M-N. M as in Marianne as in Nancy, and they follow me and they say nice things about me on my YouTube channel. So thank you so much, MN, for all the nice comments. And then, um, of course, my stepbrother, John, 
Thank you, John, for all the kind words. To your mother, my stepmother, Robin, she's been telling me that you think that I'm doing a really good job and I really, really appreciate it. And my brother chimed in. My brother does listen, I think, here and there. Maybe he listens to all of it. I'm not too sure. But uh, my older brother, Brian, had said that when he came into the strip club, he wanted to kind of refresh my memory. It was, it is a blur to me. Christ, it's been 25 years. But apparently he came in with a friend of his. It was a girl. They came in together. I do remember that now. He was not alone. And she stayed for my dance and he left, obviously. That made sense. And then they had a concert to get to at Arco Arena. They were going to see Tesla. So um, Brian didn't stay through midnight because they had a concert to go to. It wasn't because he was just, you know, shining me on. He just had somewhere to be. So, yes. Sun, sun's everywhere, the sun's. Do, 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 do. I don't know the rest of the words, but you know that song. But my favorite song by them is actually Love Song, of course, because I'm a chick and I like the ballads. So hairband ballads, I can do that all day long. Yes, indeed you do. Still, give me some White Snake. Give me some Poison. Give me some Duff Leopard, Bon Jovi, you name it. I'll even go as far as Winger, 17. She's only 17. 17. Oh, he was cute. Mm, I liked him. That was freshman year of college. I was definitely uh, crushing on my Kip Winger. I was crushing on Axl Rose. I, mean, I always loved Joe Elliott, but yeah, Axl Rose came around and boy, was he a bad boy. I didn't know what to make of him, but I liked everything I saw. And I had a boyfriend at the time and I could not tell him because he looked nothing like Axl Rose. <laughs> he did like him a lot, but I could never let on that I was like hardcore crushing on Axl Rose. I'm like, that man has some moves. His voice is insane. He's naughty. I don't know, but I like everything about him and just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, I would quietly love him while my golfing boyfriend also loved him, but didn't know how much I really loved him. Okay, so I've decided in between segues, I've got this new sound effect and it'll make you feel like I've got lots and lots of notes and a whole lot of things to say. So how's that? That sounds pretty good, huh? Okay, there's my segue. Okay, did my shout outs, talked about my charts, talked about all of my business that I needed to take care of first. Um, let's see, 4th of July. How was 4th of July? I hope you guys all had a nice 4th of July. Mine was, you know, decent. I cooked. I don't do that a lot, but I did. I cooked. My kid's dad came over. I did some enchiladas, um, which is a lot of work. And um, we, you know, it was nice. We had a nice time. Everybody ate. They went and looked at the fireworks later. You know, our town is allowed to have fireworks. We are one of the few towns in this area, like Santa Cruz, you can't have them. They're prohibited. But in Watsonville, you can have fireworks. They sell them at the stands here. But you're not allowed to have the illegal fireworks, which we're kind of known for. I don't know. Maybe everybody else is known for them, too. I really don't know. I've lived here for a long time. But we have fireworks at night on 4th of July. It looks like, you know, professional fireworks all over the place. And again, I think maybe a lot of people do this. But there are signs when you're coming into Watsonville that say, you know, we're cracking down this year. If you see anyone, you know, call it in. You're, there's reward money now. We're like, we're really, really cracking down on this. Is that the right term? We're really, really coming down hard on these people. I feel like there's something better I could use. But anyways, they're going to find all the perpetrators who have the illegal fireworks, right? And um, even if you're a, an owner of a home and the people that you rent to, if they're caught with fireworks, the landlord's going to be fined. So it was like, it was all over, I don't know, it was all over on my Instagram, but um, because I follow the Watsonville PD. So then the night of, 
I'm like, wow, is it going to be different this year? So my kids go, we actually have a park in our development, I guess our home development. And it's a big park. Like they play soccer there and stuff. There's a lot of grass area along with like a play structure and stuff like that. It's where I like found all the cats that I spayed and neutered last year. And, um, so the kids, I stayed with Finn because Finn was really obviously nervous because animals don't do well during 4th of July. And he was shaking. It was really sad. All the cats were probably hiding under the beds upstairs. And anyways, the kids went and the fireworks started. And um, I really didn't think there would be fireworks because I thought the police are going to come through and they're just going to like end this for everybody. And there was like, my daughters went out there. Owen was out there. Their dad was out there. My Joey said there was like, up easily a hundred people on the grass, like lighting off illegal fireworks. Like the police were nowhere in sight. Like it's really easy to find our park and it's really didn't easy to figure out that that's where they're coming from. They were clearly not about it. <laughs> they were like maybe setting off their own fireworks. I don't know, but whatever, what was going on with all the warnings? I don't really understand what that was all about. Okay. So 4th of July, good, festive, happy 4th to America. I don't know how many years we've been independent. 1776 minus 2021. 20, I don't know. That makes my brain hurt. I don't know how much. Okay. Okay. So I went surfing today and it's the first time I've been in a little while. I'll keep this sort of short because if you don't surf, this won't make a whole lot of sense. So there's this whole thing about just getting there. You know, it's a big ordeal. You have to get there. You have to put the wetsuit on, get the board, wax the board, lock the car up, make sure you put the key in a hidden spot. There's actually a lock on um, the, I used Eric's truck. So there's a lock on there and I just put it in there. And, um, and then you, you know, walk out to the surf, um, area, where, the surf area, you walk out to where you want to surf. And I, there's where I go or where I went, um, I walk past one area that's just a little bit more, um, intense. I don't want to deal with them because, you know, they're better surfers. It's the hook. It's at the end of 41st Avenue. If you come to Capitola, you know what I'm talking about. It just goes straight down from the freeway. 41st lands dead end at that break right there. I go a little bit, um, I, what I feel is north of there, which is just like, you know, right up the street right there. I go to a break called, well, it's now called Jack's because it's right in front of Jack O'Neill's home, which is perched right there on the cliff overlooking this particular break. It's also called 38th because that's the street that basically runs right into the ocean. At that point, you know, it's like perpendicular with that street. So 38th or Jack. So I go there and, um, you know, I, there's a whole thing. Like I don't want to forget anything. I bring a rubber band for my hair. I'm not going to put the hoodie on till I get down to the beach. And I'm like, you know, where my flip flops down, I want to put them in a hidden spot when I get there, get the leash on, get my, oh, I have to put the hair in the hood, which is, this is not an easy task or feat. I, this thing is very, very, very tight and it's a little claustrophobic and I'm trying to shove all my dry hair as far back into the cap as I can. And every time I kind of pull my hand out, some of the hair comes out. And then I've got like a long hair right by my face, which is really freaking annoying. So I have to try to shove that one hair back in. And then I pull my hand out and like two hairs come out. I'm like, okay, really? So I'm like dealing with just getting all the hairs tucked in because my hair actually does stay pretty dry in this hood. It's great. And um, when it's cold, it was really nice today. Beautiful weather. When it's cold, um, it keeps you much warmer because when it gets wet, your head gets cold. And then you know, basically you, you lose time because you just, your body starts getting colder faster. So the longer you can keep your head and your feet warm, the longer you will exist out in this 
uh, ocean where I live because it's pretty cold. But right now, I mean, it was warm. I feel like I almost could have been in a bathing suit. Nobody was. Everybody was in wetsuits, but it was almost that feeling like this isn't that cold. Like, I mean, my hands and feet were fine. It felt like a bathtub. So anyways, I get in the water. There was a really good swell today. It was like, I don't know, two to three feet. The sets were coming in pretty regularly. It wasn't taking that much time in between sets. There's um, several places where you can catch the wave. It's not just one specific spot. It was breaking kind of all the way down the line. So there was a lot of um, opportunity all over. So I get in the water and I always feel like I don't belong. No matter what, it doesn't matter how long I've been surfing. I always feel like I'm this imposter like what who are you like girl you're not supposed to be out here but i know i can do it and i know i deserve to be out there just as much as anybody else it's free for anybody right and it's basically a pretty much a beginner spot there's people that go there that think their you know shit doesn't smell and that they you know own the place but they need to just get over themselves because it really is a beginner spot. So, but you do get these kooks every once in a while that'll be kind of like, I don't know, they just hoard the waves. It's like, come on, dude, like give somebody else a try, right? But I found, and you know, you kind of just keep moving around where you want to go. Okay, I have to say I haven't surfed in, I don't know, it's probably been a month. I haven't really done anything athletic at all. I don't run anymore. I'm not really doing anything. I don't know. I don't feel like it. So I, I'm not. And so I paddle out and I realized my heart rate's up and I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to like, you know, I'm kind of like gassed a little bit, huffing and puffing, not gassed yet, but huffing and puffing. And I get out, you know, and it's not like it's that far out, but I'm paddling with my arms and it, you know, you would think this isn't that hard. I ended up on my board. It's a really long board. It's really wide, very buoyant. So I can be on my knees and sit on my heels and paddle with my arms. And I feel like that actually is less tiring for me than laying flat and trying to arch my back and paddle one arm after the other. I don't, that feels less tiring to me and it wasn't choppy or anything. So I was able to do that because it was pretty smooth out there today. So I get out there and then, so like when you go to paddle for a wave, you're looking for the wave that's coming. You have to kind of time it. So you're in the right spot as it comes to you. So you're, you lay on your board and you're looking back as the waves approaching you. And you're also looking down the line to make sure that no one is also catching the wave because you don't want to drop in on them. Whoever is to like, I'm catching a right, which means I'm going, <laughs> I'm going to the right, which makes no sense when you're talking, um, on a podcast, but, um, I, can't explain it any more than I, I'm goofy footed. And when I stand up and go right, um, so my right foot is in front of me, the wave will be to my back. If I was going to the left, lefts are much more uncommon where I live. Um, I would be facing the wave. And um, those are actually better for me, but I just don't do those very often. I could at this break, but I just choose to go right because I just feel like there's more opportunity. So I'm pretty used to going front side um, on a right. So basically you're paddling, you're looking back, you know, there's a lot of, okay. So here's the thing. I realized what was happening to me or what has been happening to me. It all kind of clicked today. So I'm paddling, paddling, paddling. And I, I don't know, whatever. I don't think I caught, no, I did. I caught the first wave that I tried for. So I paddle back and my, I can't like, I can catch my breath, but I'm really, I'm like, really like my heart is going, I'm really like struggling for air. And sometimes I think it's my wetsuit that it's like choking me or something. And like, that's why I can't catch my breath or that's why my heart's racing so much. And, um, it finally dawned on me what it was because it never stopped the whole time I was out there today. And there was plenty of time that I was sitting on my board, resting, waiting for the next set to come in. And my heart rate was 
blasting. You know what it is? It's goddamn anxiety. Like I have anxiety out there the whole time. I know sometimes I don't, but I really did today. And I don't know why. Like I, I like want to hit myself in the head. Like stop. Like why are, do you have anxiety? You're out here. You just surfed a wave. You just proved to everybody you can do it. I, I wanted to get more into the pack, which is kind of like where the waves were breaking in a better spot. It's really literally right in front of Jack O'Neill's house. It, like there, that's a really good break right there. But I had, I was kind of floating down like, I don't want to like join the crowd. I'm going to stay on the like sides. I'm like a wallflower, right? I'm like, just I'll take the leftovers. And I'm like, no, I've got to Like I'm out here. I've got to go get in there. So here's the thing that I realized about myself and surfing today. I don't, I don't know. I've never thought about this before. Surfing requires aggression. You have to be aggressive to surf. That does not come naturally to me at all. I started when I was a kid trying to play soccer and I just wanted to like run with the other team. And if the ball came to me, it was like a hot potato. I couldn't wait to get rid of it. I didn't want to kick it. I didn't want anyone passing it to me. It terrified me. Same with basketball. I never played basketball. I know I'm tall and I was always asked to play. And um, I even confirmed this with a girlfriend of mine. We were all in like the almost, well, no, she was six feet. Um, my other two, Genevieve was, I don't know, five, five, ten and a half, five, eleven. I almost hit six feet. And um, anyways, we were always asked to play basketball and I didn't want to. I it, it, The aggression, like I don't have this in me to like want to swat a ball out of someone's hands and then like grab it and like, you know, hold it and turn my body and then like, I'm going to run with it. And like this, I don't know, again, I think I've talked about this before. I don't know who these people are and how they were raised this way or where that all came from, but that is not innate to me at all. And so I realized that this actually is like something that's really important for surfing. It's like an element of surfing is you have to be aggressive. You have to get out there. You can't be this little pansy just sort of waiting here and there for a wave to come. And maybe I'll go get that one. Oh, we'll see. Maybe I'll go there. No, no, no. You have to like go get in it. You have to try to beat the other people who are also going for waves and you have to. And so in all of that, there's this possibility for, you know, I mean, this, you get better at this over time, but there's this possibility that you might drop in on someone and, oh my God, you cut somebody off. They're going to be pissed. Like you're going to have to deal with somebody pissed at you or God forbid, there's some kind of collision. You don't want that to happen, but water moving fast and it's heavy and there's boards and those are light and bodies. I mean, things happen and people do get hurt very easily. And so there is all of these unpredictable elements to surfing. You don't know really what's going to happen. For the most part, if you have experience, a lot of this stuff becomes very natural and it's not so scary, which is why I'm so pissed at myself. Like, where does this anxiety come from? It's so maddening. So I don't know. Like I just, this epiphany came to me today that, um, I am having anxiety in the water and I'm, I like feel like, can I call my doctor and ask for like a Xanax before I go surfing? <laughs> Cause I think it might make a difference. I'm so pissed off at my body for reacting that way. Oh, I, I know what it is. It's fight or flight. I'm dealing with fight or flight while I'm out there and it's just, it grips me and I hate it and I can't make it stop. I just, I can't, I don't, and I don't know why that happens with so much experience. I mean, I'm not, believe me, I'm not experienced, but I've had, I've been out there enough that I feel like those feelings of um, anxiety should be gone by now. And I don't know why they still exist. It's really, it's, it, yeah, it's really frustrating. And, you know, and another thing about surfing, it, it is the most humbling 
uh, I don't know, is it a sport? It's, it is incredibly humbling because, you know, you get out there and you think you're going to catch these waves and you're going to look like Kelly Slater. And then you see yourself on the cam. I did catch myself today and it's so blurry and grainy and from a distance that I can't really tell how terrible I look. But uh, today when I caught that wave, I did catch one wave that was just it felt like I was surfing the top of the wave versus the bottom. I felt like I was like in such control and I was really high up on the wave. I don't that I don't know if that even makes sense um, for those that don't surf, but it, it, I felt like I was killing it. I mean, and I'm like, I'm passing people and I'm like, yeah, oh, this is my fucking wave. Like, excuse me, can you get out of my way? And, and then this one lady dropped in on me, which was really funny because of course that's like a total no-no, but it happens, you know, and I've done it before too. And I'm like, really? You're, and she was older than me. And I'm like, you're, you're like in my way. So like, I'm going down the lane is what it is. I'm just going straight. I'm on a big board and I'm just going straight. I don't do anything fancy. And she drops in, which means that she's now joined my wave just in front of me. And so it kind of messed me up because I wanted to go fast down the lane, but she's in my way. So you know what I did? I just kind of butted up right next to her. So our boards are like touching and it, I, I cut her off at the pass. She had to like bail out and like go behind the wave and she fell. And I was like, good, bye. Sorry. That's my wave. <laughs> and I took that wave all the way, almost to the beach. And I, because this board is so buoyant, I literally just plopped right down um, and straddled the board and then laid down and started paddling back out. And I'm thinking, excuse me, did anybody up on the bluff see that? Like, hello, hair's dry. Did you see? I just surfed all the way from Jack's um, all the way to the beach. And um, yeah, I cut that lady off and... <laughs> I didn't fall. My hair is dry. I mean, they can't see it. I've got the, the hoodie on, but it felt amazing. So for that, literally 10 seconds, literally probably 10 seconds, um, that's what gets you to go back over and over and over again. Cause it's this amazing feeling of connecting with nature and, and plus it's like surfing's fucking rad. I mean, who doesn't want to surf, right? Surfing's always cool. Okay. Moving on. Um, so about a week ago, a little over a week ago, I went and had something done to my eyebrows. It's called microblading. And um, I, you know, I'm getting older and the hair and my eyebrows is um, fading away, falling out, whatever. I don't tweeze them. People ask me, did you tweeze them? Are you tweezing the hair out? No, I'm just getting older and it falls out. I can't help it. But I definitely have like little spots where it's missing and um I just am not happy with them and so I try to pencil them in and I can't even do that right I don't know I know all these girls do this on fleek crap with their eyebrows seriously I mean they do make them look pretty amazing but when I was growing up like there that didn't exist I don't think we even put makeup on our eyebrows we just brushed them up with like mascara and like clear mascara and and went on and um that's what I had like I had like the Brooke Shields eyebrows I did naturally I did I didn't really think much of them because I just thought they'd be there forever so anyways microblading is basically putting color permanent color and your eyebrows they shape them they map them all out with uh she uses like string I went to I got a Groupon and I went to this woman in Las Gatos it was a very reputable place it was really nice I was very surprised because I thought with Groupon I'm going to end up like in a hole in the wall but it wasn't at all she was great um and very personable i really liked her a lot i'm like i could be friends with this lady she's very nice anyways she made me feel so good about myself i don't know maybe she just wants repeat customers but she was incredibly complimentary and um it was really nice because the lighting in there was pretty bright and i was feeling pretty uh 
pretty fucking ugly. So I was like, thank you for being so nice because I don't think I'm looking so hot right now. But anyways, she goes in and maps everything out. So she's showing me like, this is like where they should go. This is where they should end. You know, you go from the corner of your eye up and, you know, she like had it all mapped out. And I said, by the way, I don't want anything crazy. Don't make me look kooky. Like, I just want to have like a really simple eyebrow, like pretty much what I had, but just like, can you color it in? And also, um, like I was concerned about the color. I didn't want it to be too, too dark. And she said, basically there was like either there's either blonde or there's the next color up, which is like this medium Brown. She was, so that's you, you're medium Brown. You're not blonde. So I'm like, okay, cool. So there was no like stress about colors. Cause I did wonder like, are we going to have like, you know, 25 colors to pick from? And then I'm going to go home and go, oh my God, I freaking went with the wrong shade of poo poo brown or whatever. So anyways, she starts the process and, you know, before it all gets started, she puts this numbing stuff on your eyebrows. And I'm thinking, this is going to be like easy piece of cake, right? No. The first round of scratches or micro blades, um, it's a, it's a blade, it's a micro blade and she's cutting into your skin. So it, apparently it doesn't go as deep as a tattoo. It's like the first dermal layer. Um, but it, it's not comfortable. It did not feel great. Um, I could feel all the little cuts and she's putting color in or whatever. And I'm like, Ooh, this is, I said, you're doing it now, right? This is it, right? <laughs> We're doing it right. She's like, yeah, this is it. And I'm like, okay. And then after she's done with the first side, she puts more numbing cream or whatever it is, numbing gel on that side. So now that there's like open cuts and I didn't bleed or anything, by the way, and I didn't tell her I had HIV, by the way, because you don't have to. Um, there's no reason to. She's completely, well, first of all, she's not going to get HIV from me if she got blood on her hands. So let me just say that. Um, but she's wearing gloves and she's very clean in her work, I guess. Um, I don't really know how else to explain it. She does the right protocol for her work, which is probably more for my concern. So she doesn't, you know, infect me with dirty hands into my eyebrows, right? That's really more of the concern here. So she puts the numbing stuff on the open cuts, I guess, and then um, goes to the other side. And the other side was pretty uncomfortable. And then she goes back for the second pass on that first side. And then I didn't feel anything because it was totally numb. And then she has to go through basically three times on each side. And I left there uh, with numb eyebrows, but Oh my God. Like I felt like a million bucks. Like I was so happy. I couldn't believe like what a difference it made. It was like, wow, like I'm so glad I did this. It was really, really, um, worth every cent. It was only $300 and I have to go back and do another touch up. And then this will last for, you know, years. Um, she said, this isn't something I should be going back and redoing cause it can damage the skin. But she also did say that my skin is really old, and she was really nice about it, but she said sun damage and lack of collagen means that you will have like a lack of like this ability to hold the color in. So I will definitely need to do the follow-up, which I'm doing in early August. So I'm going to have to go through the entire process again. Um, yeah, they did scab up and I had to pull the scabs out of my eyebrows, which is really gross. Um, and they're still sensitive. Like it, I can still feel it even 10 days later, but I'll have to go back and redo it. But I'm really happy with the results. I highly recommend microblading to anybody. I think that this is an amazing um, invention. <laughs> I'm so glad it's there. And I can't believe what a difference it makes when I look at myself in the mirror in the morning. I'm like, damn, I have like some really nice shape above my eyes. And it does make a difference. Eyebrows make a friggin' difference. I didn't realize they really did a lot, but they really, really do. Okay. Was that good enough? That was really loud. Sorry. That was probably too much. Okay. So this Saturday I'm going to get my very first tattoo. 
I'm going and getting my very first tattoo. And if you follow me on social media, Brian, maybe you don't even know about this because I don't think you follow any social media, but Brian, I'm getting my first tattoo. This is my brother who has like sleeves. Um, Brian has played the drum since he was like 13. My brother's five years older than me. So that makes you like, what, 56 now? Um, and he's like the tattoo guy. He's got more tattoos than anybody in our family. Um, but I have been stubborn and I was not ever going to do it. I just didn't think it was a thing I wanted to do. And then Ryan turned 18 and she got her first tattoo. And um, uh, she got... Uh, what did she get? Oh, Ryan. So sweet. She got on her wrist. It basically, it's on my um, Jennifer Vaughn or Jennifer Lee Vaughn Instagram account. She got uh, like, it's like a half circle, but it looks like henna. It's covering up like a stick and poke that she did of a um, moon. And so they covered it beautifully. It looks really good. And then she had um, her dad had written, I love you. I swear. I feel like I talked about this on another podcast. I didn't, you know, I don't listen to them. And I did the last one like two weeks ago. Now I'm looking at my list of things. I, I keep track like bullet points of like what I talked about in my past podcasts. And I don't see that I talked about this, but it feels like I did. I must have talked about it on something else. Maybe I talked about, why am I just drawing a blank here? Mm -mm. Sperm whale swallows a man. Come folders. Disneyland video with coffee ground in my mouth. Um, TikToks, baby raccoons, skunks, deer, TikToks, strippers, money, bartenders. No, I didn't talk about it. Okay. So she had writing from her dad from a card that says, love you dot, you know, love you period. And she had that tattooed right above her knee. And it's really, really sweet. What I'm getting. So sorry if that was a repeat. I still feel like I talked about that on something, but maybe it was just a quick, um, Instagram story. I don't remember. I can't keep track of all the social media. Okay. So I am getting, it says everything happens for a reason and it's going to be on my left wrist and it will be right where I got shot. So it's going to start right between the two bullet uh, scars and it's going to come straight down from, I know I did talk about this on my Instagram story, or at least I wrote about it, but anyways, it's going to come straight down between the two scars. Um, it's probably like four inches long and it's in Tibetan. So you can't read it. It just looks like beautiful, like kind of like a long, skinny, sort of roundish circular little writing. I don't know how else to explain it, but it's really pretty. And it means everything happens for a reason. And it sort of just exemplifies everything that's happened in my life. <laughs> really? I mean, in everybody's life, right? I think it's a really profound saying. I think it applies to most people and um, I like it, damn it. So I'm getting it. And I don't know if I'll get another one, um, but right now that's that's it. And I'm really excited about it. And of course, there's a chart for like the areas that are the most sensitive. And uh, the wrist is right up there with the most painful spot. So I'm starting in the most painful spot. Thankfully, it's, you know, it's long and skinny and it's not going to um, be too much detail or anything. But um, yeah, I wasn't so thrilled to see that that is one of the most painful spots. So we'll let you know how that goes after I'll be posting pictures, of course, on my, um, Instagram, my Jennifer Vaughn HIV. I'll probably put it on both my, um, Jennifer Lee Vaughn, L-E-I-G-H, V-A-U-G-H-A-N. Don't forget the A-N. It's the bane of my existence, right, Brian? A-N, not V-A-U-G-H-N. There's an A in there. So what next? Let's see how much time we have. Why does this look? Oh my God. I don't think this is recording loud enough. Okay. My sneaky son of a bitch microphone 
wasn't recording. I am so annoyed with this. I tested it. I made sure I was not on the real tech, which is just the computer speaker, right? I bought a damn microphone. It's plugged in. I went back to it and made sure that it was with the tonar, tonor, whatever. I don't know how to say it. And um, yeah, so I'm not going back and re-recording all of that. I, You might just have to turn your volume up. Maybe you realize that it was really low. I'm going to try to amplify it when I go back and edit it. But there's nothing like um, feeling like you're kind of having fun with the podcast and then going back and realizing that something was really, really wrong. So, <laughs> you know, for those people in Barbados and Jamaica, I apologize. And um, I'm hopefully the sound quality is better at this point. Okay, moving on. Okay, what do we want to talk about next? I could keep going into all my self-improvement. Maybe I'll wait. I'm, I'm doing something to my lips, getting some filler, but that's not until the end of the month. So I'm going to wait on uh, talking about that. Um, let's talk about um, ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez. J-Lo and Ben Benifer are back. And, um, you know, I'm fine with this. I know a lot of people are not so happy about Jennifer not ever being able to take a break between men. It is true. She kind of does just go from one guy to another. But, um, you know, they're from the past. And I always liked them. I thought they were an odd pairing. I remember their video. She did a video with him on like a yacht. They were like you know, out on the ocean somewhere. And he was loving her big J-Lo-licious booty. And um, uh, it was fun. It was fun watching them. You know, we're like the same age. She's a little bit older than me. The girl is freaking drop dead gorgeous. I mean, I'm sorry. I know you can use filters on social media, but you see her on TV and she still looks amazing. Obviously, you know, she's probably getting some help in some ways, but I don't know. I think she's naturally just really gorgeous. Like she's a beautiful woman. And Ben... Ben, 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 Ben. I don't know. You know, Ben's had his problems with alcohol. He left Jennifer. Uh, the other Jennifer. That's right. They're both Jennifers. Jennifer Garner. He's got um, a liking for Jennifers. And anyways, oh, it looks like I just looked it up. Jennifer Garner can tell Ben is happy. That's good. She's on board with it. Um, yeah, we'll see how long this lasts. You know, the thing with J-Lo is I think she really likes the honeymoon period and then that wears off and she's like, oh, reality. So, you know, don't we all? So, but the reality part is the part that you have to work on the most and we'll see if Jen can make it last with Ben. But if Ben, I don't know. I don't know how he's been doing with the drinking and all that. Maybe he, I think he was in rehab. So, you know, I'm crossing my fingers for these two it would be fun for them to stick it out for a while. But I don't like that she got so much shit for um, going back to Ben and that she can't take a break in between men. Um, You know, Ben doesn't get any crap at all, does he? I don't think anybody said anything negative about him on any of the headlines. It's just typical misogyny. Sorry, but it is um, that you always got to like pick on the lady, you know, whatever. She's having a good time. Let her live her life. How much more time does she have looking like J-Lo? Like have fun. Let her be. I mean, seriously, I could care less if she bangs 20 guys in the next six months. Who cares? Like it's her life. Let her do what she wants. Good for her. Get it, Jenny. Did you guys see the Tour de France? Did you see what happened? This woman this woman had a sign. I I saw the slow-mo and I read some of the comments on TikTok. I couldn't believe what I saw when the first time I saw it. I honestly thought maybe it was kind of a joke. It was a big deal. She stood in 
the roadway with this sign and you can't see her arm but it's a it's a long sign I can't even remember what it said I don't even think it had anything to do with the Tour de France and she's got a, she's like holding it straight out into the way of like she's in the way of the bikers as they're coming through in this pack it's the first heat apparently and it's you know, very slight but she was in the road enough with this one arm that this one biker just barely it looked like he barely bumped into her but it was enough for him to like you know move his handlebars and then lose control and I don't know to me it looked like his feet were locked into the pedals I couldn't it didn't look like his feet left the pedals and he was down and then one after another domino effect like it looked like 50 guys just ate the dust I mean, maybe there's a women in there too I, I don't know but it they they the aerial view of it was just like a big mess of bikes and men and everybody fell on each other it was just a big mess and the crazy thing is is that <laughs> she's gone like you you can't even see where she went there's all these angles of how it was filmed there was literally aerial footage of it because somebody was following with a drone and how we didn't see that I, I don't know and then there's people that were filming like head-on as they're coming into like the finish line or whatever and it was really funny on TikTok. Some people had mentioned that she like disappeared into the matrix. Like she literally vanished you, and she did. She ran from the scene and she was missing for a few days and they've been, obviously the heat was on. They were looking for this woman because they were going to find her. It wasn't that much. They did find her. She actually turned herself in. Um, how humiliating. I mean, she was like the most hated woman on TV for the, you know, the last couple of days. And I guess uh, one of the writers was injured enough that they couldn't continue, I think. And they may be finding her or suing her personally because they couldn't continue with the race. So uh, they want to teach, you know, people a lesson and use her as an example that you should not put <laughs> your arm into the way of traffic as they're coming through in their giant pack. I mean, what a dum-dum. Like, I don't know, what was she thinking? And it's really like, it's unreal when you see it. It's this very small little I don't even even it's like a bump it's like very small you, you can't see it happening because it happened behind the sign um but you can see that um that he was jostled a little bit and that was it and you're kind of like dude could didn't you have did you have better control of your bike but obviously i mean i'm not um one of those riders i'm sure they have very good control and this just was you know a really crazy mishap yeah so if you haven't seen the footage of that i suggest looking that up on the internet and watching that um, collision it's really it's i don't know if that's ever happened in the history of the tour de france i don't know but it was pretty bad let's see do i have any hiv oh Let's see, do I have any um, HIV stories? Um, I have one. I was on, I can't remember, it was like maybe a San Jose Mercury Instagram um, site or ABC News, like local San Francisco ABC News. Or maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was kook of the day. You know what? I think it was kook of the day. It was. Um, this guy had jumped off a cliff into the water long-haired guy he looked like he was a little intoxicated and he did a little bit of a flip and he just sort of like uh didn't land great and then he kind of was just floating like you could see he's floating face down like the guy didn't like lift his head up when he um after he like plunged and came up he just was 
completely floating. But that's the very split second of the end of the video. And so um, I was reading the comments about it. A lot of funny comments about, I mean, no one seemed concerned about him. It's funny. I, he looked like he died, but obviously he didn't or else they wouldn't have posted it. But um, I wrote a comment. I just decided to from my um, my Instagram, my HIV Instagram. And I said something about the fact that uh, did anybody not notice like he's floating like I don't even know what I wrote. I, don't, I wasn't trying to be funny or anything like the guy is floating like, wow, like, is he OK? Does anybody know? It was just a whatever comment that I just wanted to add just to see what anybody would say if they if they knew what had happened to the guy. And somebody wrote in and said he died from AIDS. And I was like, what? And it was one of those moments that like I, I know I get comments on YouTube and I'm used to that because they know what us, they know what my channel's about. They know, I mean, they're kind of like there sometimes just to be assholes. So like, I'm used to that, right? But this was just kook of the day. Like kook of the day is like a fun Instagram site. Like they show people, you know, doing kooky things that typically have to do with surfing or I guess water in this case, but um, it's all for fun, right? And so I was just writing a comment and this person writes, yeah, he died of AIDS. And I'm like, why would this guy write that? So I realized, oh, it's because this my name on the comment is Jennifer Vaughn HIV. And I'm like, wow, this was a completely unsolicited hateful response for absolutely no reason at all. This person doesn't know me from anything. So I'm uh, like taken aback. My heart starts racing. I'm floored by this because this isn't just somebody finding my channel and deciding to be a troll. This is someone who doesn't know me at all, at all, and decides to make a terrible comment to me about HIV and AIDS. And I didn't obviously didn't find it funny. And I knew what he was trying to do. I, I got that he was trying to be an asshole to get my attention. But it's like, and in that moment, I think of like everything that I went through and I think how heartless somebody could be to just throw that in my face thinking they're so funny and they don't know my story. They don't know that I almost died. They don't know that I've recovered and I'm okay. They don't know that I'm trying to help people. Like they don't know any of that. They just decide they're just going to be, you know, a hateful person for whatever reason. Like I, it's blows my mind. So that, that part of it blowing my mind gets my heart racing because I don't, I don't get it. And I know they don't know my story. I guess they feel like because I'm bold enough to have HIV at the end of my name that I deserve that kind of talking to. I don't know. And so naturally, what do I do? I engage with him. God, why did I engage? You know, I don't even honestly remember what I wrote back, but I did say something probably kind of like a smart ass to him uh, about his comment being really inappropriate. And, um, you know what he did? <laughs> he didn't apologize. He came back hard. Like he, this was like gloves off, like really, really hard. And I, again, I don't, I deleted everything. So I don't remember what the comment was. Oh, I think I even went into, oh, that's right. He had like 76 followers and, um, I did, I went low blow and made a comment about him. Like you know, hardly having any friends or something. And I made, I did make a crack about his weight because I didn't have anything else to go on. I was just wanting to like be um, hateful back, which is not the right thing to do. Because <laughs> like, like everybody wants to defend themselves and just gets worse. And he's, you know, made a comment about 
you know, you wouldn't get near me with a 10 foot pole or I don't remember something like that. And so at some point I just realized like this was ridiculous and I had to disengage and just delete my comment and, and walk away from it. But you know, it like stays with me. And, um, it really is one of those times where it's, in a way, it's good for me to have those experiences because it really makes me uh, feel the stigma. It really does. Because for the most part, I don't feel it. I, you know, except for stupid YouTube comments, but they're trolling my channel. And they kind of, it's sort like I said, it's sort of expected. But this was completely out of the blue and unsolicited. And so it really hit me. And I hate that it does hit me. It really pisses me off. I'm mad at myself. I'm mad at him. Like, how can a human be so inhumane, first of all? And, um, you know, and I, and he's like, who raised this child? Like he was young. That was the other thing. He was like definitely under 25. And like, this is how he's speaking to a woman he doesn't even know. You know, it just was really disgusting actually. But again, I think that it's a good like reminder for me to like feel it because it does keep me in this world of advocacy and it gives me that empathy, right? For the people that are really feeling the stigma, um, on a regular basis, you know, there's people that feel this shit constantly. I know people that have, um, well, I talked about it in one of my YouTube videos recently, but I have, you know, there's people that deal with family members or somebody reached out to me the other day and said, what can I do about somebody who's telling people that I have HIV? There's, I know somebody who's actually telling people and there's rumors about it. It's really, and that's one of the reasons why I went public. And one of the reasons why I came out because I didn't want anybody talking behind my back. I wanted this to be something people could ask me about without being concerned about asking, like, ask me anything. It's fine. Like if you, anything you want to know about it, I'll tell you. And not only that, I'm going to put it on social media. So if you want to read about it, you can, there's like, nothing's off the table. I'll answer anything because I'm not ashamed of this. It's just a goddamn virus. I mean, that's controlled with a pill every day. Like, what do I have to feel bad about? So, um, I, that was my take on it. And I always try to keep that kind of perspective. So, and I hope that people get that from me and they're like, oh yeah, there's another way to think about this, but I get it. It's hard. It's hard to change that stigmatized thinking because it's still in my head. I still have to try to like reprogram my head because that stigma's always been there for, you know, whether you want it to be or not, you think of HIV as a dirty thing, right? And that isn't something that I can always pull away from myself in regards to myself my person, I don't feel like it's dirty, but I might even hear about HIV, like at a homeless camp where everyone's shooting up heroin and I'm like, oh, it's dirty HIV over there. Like I will look at it that way. I can't help it. I can't look at that and think that the HIV over there is not a big deal. I still am going to see it with that stigma. So I still have that in my head too. It's really hard to separate the two, but for my own body, I don't think of it that way, if that makes sense. So anyways, yeah, it bothered me. And, um, what an asshole. So that is it for this week. Oh, I'm still trying to connect with my friend who does the adult movies. You know, it's hard to like nail down a time. We'll do it. I'm not going to promise it for next time. I actually, you know why I did this one right now? Because I had people saying, where's your podcast? People actually asked for it. And that gave me the motivation to do it. So that's why I did it. Because I did actually have people that were like, I'm waiting for your next podcast. I'm like, Oh, you are? Okay, well, I'll, I'll do one then. I'm going to go do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> so I did. And, um, but I, uh, I don't know when I will be talking to my friend from Instagram. 
Um, but it will be hopefully soon. Okay, guys, um, have a great rest of the week because I'm recording this on Tuesday. I'm going to try to put this out Wednesday morning. We'll see if I can get this all edited and uploaded. I'm going to be working tomorrow. So um, with the special education kids for summer, I'm really excited. They needed me for tomorrow. So I'm looking forward to that. It should be a fun day. Um, let's see what else. Free Brittany, um, U equals U, when someone's living with HIV and they take their medication on a regular basis and their virus becomes undetectable, which happens very quickly, they cannot transmit the virus sexually, nor can they transmit the virus to their child during childbirth. And don't forget, science, not stigma. All right. Have a great rest of the week. Follow me on any of my Instagrams. All of the links to where I can be found are in the description. I've had some really amazing um, people reach out to me recently, newly diagnosed. I've been sharing some of those in my story. I love that I was there for that person when they were diagnosed, when I didn't feel like I had that person when I was diagnosed, which is why I am doing what I'm doing because I want to be that person for those people because I didn't have that when I was diagnosed. I didn't know anybody for five months. Yay. I'm so happy that I can be that for them. It really does keep me motivated and it makes it all worth it for sure. Everything happens for a reason. All right, guys, have a good one. Bye now. Love you all. Bye.